Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alamin. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla wa anta tajalul hazna idha shi'a sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatik ya Rabbil Kareem. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. And indeed, wa alaikumussalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to everybody who has been honorable enough and blessed enough to give salams. I want to give a shout out to all the folks who come here early and enter with salam, which is the sunnah of the Prophet. It's a really nice thing to do for the believers. It's one of the um, one of the great, yani, mashaAllah, characteristics of the believers. Um, and I think an underrated one. An underrated one, especially when people are saying it to a group of people that they think have said it already. Saying it again and again and again and again. It's an, it's an act of ibad, it's a dhikr, right? It's a dhikr. So I just want to give a massive shout out to all of the folks who came early. So let me just say to Suraya, Suraya Baji, how you doing? To Asim Bay and to Maiza Salma and Auntie Shakila. Good to see the Ayyub family. Yes, what's happening, Abdullah? What's going on? Dad, Sohail there as well. Farhat from Dubai, MashaAllah. Russian Jess, the twins. Rafiq, my Algerian brother, MashaAllah. Hafidahullah from Scotland. We've got Ilyas from London, Ibrahim from the States. Baji Khalida from Memphis. MashaAllah, Tanweer. Yes, Farah and Farzana, that's right. You know it continues, MashaAllah. We have Nigat as well, MashaAllah. Shazia, what an honor. Shazia, what an honor. Joining us from London, originally from Leicester, or the other way around. From London, moved to Leicester. Yeah, something like that. Because got Baji as well. We've got a lot of folks here from the Umrah groups. MashaAllah, we've got Abdullah from Medina. Abdullah, I hope you're feeling better now. Keep me updated on that. And we've got Bayaisha, of course, from the Philippines. So many people, mashallah. Please give a salam, welcome yourself, especially if this is your first time. Most people out here, obviously, are old school folks. Um, and that's good, that's how we like it. All right, folks. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it was nice last week to enjoy the session. Live hits different. You know, live class hits different. There's a different maza, different buzz. Um, and uh, although last week's was a bit yani, weird because it was very technical and, you know, it could have been a bit over the heads of some folks because we were kind of summarizing that which we've covered in detail before, right? Um, so, yeah, I get that. That, you know, it might not have been the best of our, of our live classes. However, Jazakallah um, Khairan Bilal. I was just, I was just stalling for time. <laughs> I was just stalling. Anyway, we turn up the volume. I'm afraid, bro. No, we don't have the fancy uh, microphones and we don't have the fancy cameras here. Um, you have me speaking into the phone, which is an arm length away. So we're using that microphone and that camera. And of course, it's uh, picking up uh, all of the Adil, you're being kind now. Adil, you're being kind. Let's be honest, yeah. He, he's right. He's got a point. And then you're you're picking up half of Cairo in the background, but you're also picking up half of these rats here, who are doing, you know, walking up and down and hitting microwaves and yeah, we've got 
You only curtains over there. Curtains, yo, curtains, come here. Fish. He's growing curtains. If you've got guts, yeah, show, show these people these curtains. Allow them, allow, allow, allow them to pass the judgment on you. Yeah, see? Yeah, they're all, they're all blacks, I know, I know. They're all running for, for cover now. Okay? So, the air fryer, the air fryer, the, the, you know what it is? Truth be told, I haven't touched the air fryer now because obviously I'm not, I'm not in need of the air fryer. I get looked after when I come home. But air fry is in use when I'm back home home. Sara, by the way, it's good to have you back. Hope you're well. Because I don't, don't think you were well yesterday. No, I can't even remember. I don't know what blag you were using to bunk yesterday. I know that you used the blag. I can't remember what blag it was that you used to bunk yesterday. But anyway, we're glad, we're glad to have you back today. I don't know whether it was a visitor or a guest or an emergency or illness. It was something along them lines. Wallahu ta'ala alam. But no, we don't need the air fry at the moment. They're just using the thingy. But I've got my trusty lieutenant here. My trusted lieutenant, okay, my trusted lieutenant deserves some, some part of the life experience, okay? If we can't throw the sweets to everybody, we can't, we can't throw them out to the crowd, Yanni, we can't because it's going to hit the phone, right? We can at least eat them ourselves. No, no, I can't eat that, otherwise I'm going to thank you. All right, okay. So you, let's find one that's easily throwable. That's a throwable one. There we go. You little rat. <laughs> yeah, you little rat. You want to make any more sound with it? You want to clink some more dishes together and more spoons? What? Who's the other one? Grass is true. It's not him. Leave it, leave it, leave it, leave it. It's okay, it's okay. We're not giving out any. We're not, we're not giving out any. Mace said, I know they're not. They came with a flat. As cheap and as cheerful as they get. As cheap and cheerful as they get. <laughs> Come on, help me as the bad. Come on. Tips, we know this is the one that we gotta open up. Bro, that's legit. That's I told you get those. Alright, that's a legit one. Go on. Mm -hmm. It is my dish. Not like me. See, I'm super generous. I always give up my sweets. Yeah, because you're cool. That's right. That's right. All right. Mesa, just give us a, a few moments, ma'am. We're stuck here for a couple of weeks with dodgy internet, dodgy curtains, dodgy mattress. Yeah. So, let's just make the best of a very bad situation. It's silly o'clock in the evening. I'm smashed. Waiting all day for this person to come. Give us a break, Mason. Hey, but everyone's giving you saying salams and saying hello and everything. Hello. Yeah. Mashallah. Right, Heba, I think it is late now. I think if you want to go to bed, you can go to bed. The sweets are the most important thing, right? You cool, yeah? You want to hang around? <coughs> okay, you can hang it's around. It's weekend. It is the weekend. It is, it, it is the weekend. It is the weekend. Thursday and Friday in the Arab lands is a weekend. I'm just saying because this class is bored me silly, let alone it's going to bore you silly. I'm just listening. You're just listening. Khalas. You chill. You chill, bro. Um, all right. 
So yeah, super nanny, and he honestly should have a heart attack in his house. The kind of times people go to sleep. Folks, today's lesson is a interesting one. As uh, Mesa so correctly says, Tana, by the way, your first lesson is going to be the best lesson, inshallah. Well, it's not actually, but it's going to be the blessed lesson because it's the first lesson that's going to continue. Hope uh, mom's good, by the way, Thana. Right, so um, let's read the text that we are going to be covering today. So for those who are new time, first timers, we read the uh, Arabic text from the original author, then we read out its translation, and then I'll explain it in our modern kind of, kind of context in our form. And so um, the text, last week, I'm not going to read out that again because I was ages, right? But we covered the prohibited times for the prayer. If you want to look down at the text, you can see it in the third tab, all right? Or you can just scroll down and see the short aspect, which Bilal has already kind of uh, uh, singled out. So um, what we're doing today, what we're doing today uh, is the following. وَيَجُوزُ قَضَاءُ الْفَرَائِدِ فِيهَا وَفِي الْأَوْقَاتِ الثَّالِثَةِ فِعْلَ رَكَعَةِ الطَّوَافِ وَإِعَادَ جَمَاعَةٍ وَيَحْرُمُ تَطَوُّعُ بِغَيْرِهَا فِي شَيْءٍ مِنَ الْأَوْقَاتِ الْخَمْسَةِ حَتَّى مَا لَهُ سَبَبٍ This is the paragraph that we're going to be uh, reading uh, today. Translation. It is permissible to make up missed obligatory prayers during all of these times, the five prohibited times. It is also permissible to perform the two units of tawaf during the three short prohibited times, as well as to repeat a congregational prayer during them. It is not allowed to offer any prayers other than these during the prohibited times, even if they have a specific reason behind them, even if they have a specific reason behind them. This is the humbly position. Even the translation there is because the in the Arabic and at the end there, it says, which linguistically which literally translates as it is impermissible to offer supererogatory prayers other than those previously mentioned. I translated it as it is not allowed to offer any prayers other than these during the prohibited times. And yet my translation and his own actual Arabic statement, okay, is taking a liberty because actually the Hanbali school have a number of other prayers that they allow. So even this statement has to be taken with a little bit of yani context. So anyway, it doesn't matter now because when I go through it, I'll explain it. So in summary, we are talking about the prayers that are permissible during the prohibited times. That's basically the the um, the subject. Okay, so let's start at the let's start at the, the what's it called? Let's start at the top, page one hundred and seventeen in the commentary, and he starts it. And he starts off with fiha, and it is permissible in the prohibited times to offer. The missed obligatory prayers. Qada'u al-fara'il. Qada is the pack qaza, right? So every time you heard qaza, 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 this is what we're talking about, qaza, right? Qaza, um, as I used to say in fiqh salah for, you know, the old school folks used to be the, the torrent 
streaming site, the original one, Kaza, all right? That's what used to stream all kind of a glass from back in the day when the internet was a simple kind of uh, beast. And now I think it's dead, I don't know, I don't even know whether torrents exist or not. But um, yeah, that's Pakistan, their pronunciation of the Dad as Kaza. The word is Qadha, Qadha meaning that something which has uh, passed and you've missed it and you need to make it up. Now, I want to say first of all that this is not the chapter of I've missed a hundred prayers, you know, uh, a thousand prayers when I was young and I've got to make them up. That's not what we're talking about. You know my position on that anyway, I'm sure I've covered it in LP in detail somewhere, but I do not believe that, that those prayers are to be made up if you missed them when you were younger. You know that you were meant to have done it, but you didn't because you weren't practicing or because you're an idiot. Yeah, whatever it was, you didn't do the prayers. And these prayers are obviously obligatory, obviously a debt that's owed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The majority of scholars consider that you have to make them up by hook or by crook. You know, crazy sums, crazy numbers, 50 a day. Just got to make all up your life's prayers. Um, and the alternative opinion, which is a minority opinion, is that um, not only can you, not only do you not need to make them up because their time has gone, and I don't mean by the time has gone that it's just gone now, but it's gone, gone, gone. But also the more compelling argument is that actually you don't have the, you don't have the right to make them up. You are not honorable enough to make them up. You don't deserve to make them up you've missed out on something so, so fundamental, so important, which is the obligatory prayer. And um, it needs to be, it needs to be atoned for in a more orthodox way. That's not what they said, I'm just putting words out. That more orthodox way, a more obvious way is a, a complete act of repentance for the missing of those obligatory prayers and then compensating for those with lots and lots of supererogatory prayers, the nafal prayers, basically. Yeah? That's the only what we're doing. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about a lifetime of prayers that need to be made up. Um, Got to take a pause out here, by the way, and say wa alaikum salam to my boy Rivers, who had the baby boy, mashallah. Mayshad, yani, had the baby boy. Yes, Heba? Heba's just fainted. She's so excited. She gets excited when she hears the news. Uh, the baby was Musa. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect a uh, child and parents. Allahumma ameen. Gotta say that. I'm not gonna lie, Adil. I never was an expert in Torrent, so I've got no idea what LimeWire is, but I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word. Right? So, um, what is the meaning here then of the qada? The meaning here of qada is something a little bit different. Right, this is the prayer from yesterday. This is the prayer from today. This is the prayer that you fell asleep and you missed and you weren't aware of it. The alarm didn't go off. You the alarm, yeah, any malfunction. This is the prayer that you completely forgot about. It was the Asr in winter that you know just comes and goes. You're not even sure whether you prayed it early or not. Suddenly you're at Maghrib and you realize, oh my god, I didn't pray. But this is what the author is referring to by Qadha al-Fara'id, yeah, and he's not referring to the old school donkey years ago. Um, uh, okay, good, there we go. Well done. Uh, Qadha is in chapter 15, lesson 14. Good. So, uh, so let's go back to what now Sheikh is saying. So, um, it's allowed to make these prayers up. For example, a person forgets Salatul Dhuhr, and he prays Salatul Asr, and based upon the assumption that he's prayed dhuhr, then he realizes after the asr is finished, he goes, Ras, I haven't even prayed dhuhr. 
right? So now, if you're in a situation now, you know we said that after Asr until Maghrib, until the, the sun sets, that's a prohibited time. There's two aspects. There's the long time after Asr until sunset or sun is setting. That's the long time. Then the short time, which is the sun setting itself, the actual process of the sun setting. The second one being the more uh, serious one, right? Remember, the ones that involve the sun are the short times, the 15 minutes, the 15 minutes, the 15 minutes. So the 15 minutes of the sun rising coming up, the 15 minutes of the sun's right at the top before dhuhr, the sun, the, the 15 minutes when the sun is disappearing below the horizon, gone. These are the three hardcore prohibited times that I mentioned in Hadith. The longer times are the time before sunrise, all of that after the Fajr prayer until sunrise, and then after the Asr prayer until sunset. These are the two longer times. So that's five times in total. So um, we're in a prohibited time after Asr. We're in a prohibited time after Asr, the general long prohibited time. And I've just remembered that I haven't prayed Dhuhr. And now I've got this dilemma because I know that it's a prohibited time. So it's a prohibited time, and yet I haven't prayed my obligatory prayer. What do I do? The Hanbalis say it is permissible for you to make up your obligatory prayers. Why is that? Because this, the Prophet Sallallahu said, مَن نَامَ عَن صَلَاتٍ أَوْ نَسِيَهَا فَلْيُصَلِّهَا إِذَا ذَكَرَهَا Hadith which is authentic and uh, translated as whoever uh, oversleeps uh, or forgets a prayer, then let him pray when he remembers it. Then let him pray it when he remembers it. Let him pray it when he remembers that he's not prayed it, okay? Um, Sheikh Uthameen says this hadith is Aam. This is a, a hadith which is general in its application. It encompasses all times. Yeah, and he let him pray whenever he remembers it. This is a statement. Let him pray whenever he remembers it. That's, that let him pray whenever is covering all times, prohibited times, obligatory times, uh, 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 allowed times, haram times, because let him pray whenever he remembers it. Now, I want you to focus in this lesson. This is a technical lesson, hardcore. I was reviewing it before we started, and I so thought to myself, yeah, you know what, folks are gonna need to be aware for this lesson, okay? Because we're gonna be using a lot of the application of Aam and Khas. Aam and Khas, something which is general, something which is specific. Something which is general, something which is specific. Something which is applied in generally, something which, something which is applied in an absolute sense, and then something which is specified, either prohibited or obligated in a specific sense. The whole lesson is surrounding this, uh, these tools of Usul al-Fiqh. These tools that Fiqh scholars use in order to come to their rulings. So here's the first example. The hadith says, let him pray whenever he remembers it. We have on one hand the hadith which says, do not pray after Asr. We have another hadith which is saying that, let him pray whenever he remembers it. So we have a prohibited time, which is specific. We have this one which is general, and it's saying that let him pray. And so now the question is, which one's going to overcome the, the other? And in this case, the humbly as I said, this one clearly, because it says, let him pray whenever. And whenever includes haram and non-haram times. Yeah, we accept that there's a haram time, but this one said you pray it regardless. So this must be an exception. This must be an exception to the rule of the no praying. Are you following? All right. So this is the first application of this 
principle. I think, uh, Hiba, uh, I think your mum might have just called you. Just go and just check. Maybe she needs to see her phone. Um, so, uh, so Sheikh says, This hadith of prayer, yani when you remember it, is a general one. And obviously the obligatory prayers are a debt which are owed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, obligatory upon him, obligatory to be paid back immediately. And as soon as you realize, you've got to pay it back. So there's no doubt that that takes precedence over any other general principle. So we've now had the first application of something being cancelled out. The prohibition being like said, wait, there's an exception to your rule of don't pray after Asr. And that is, if I have forgotten a prayer that I should have prayed before, and it's an obligatory prayer, then that takes absolute priority. So that's a good example. Sheikh goes, there's another uh, uh, yeah, Usama puts in a different way A specific evidence would always trump a general evidence in that matter The problem, Usama, is this language of A specific will always trump a general Because you're going to see that sometimes the scholars do Then deviate from using the word specific and general When it doesn't fit the model And then it starts to then become more nuanced Right? Because here's the thing You just said the specific uh, uh, trumps the general, but I just told you that the hadith of no prayer, uh, the hadith of praying whenever you remember it, is the general one. It's covering everything, not a specific time, right? Whereas the other prayer, whereas the other hadith which says do not pray after asr, that's actually the specific one because it's specifying a time. And it didn't say don't pray all day, it said don't pray after asr. And so now we learn that actually Evidences are sometimes general in something, specific in something else. Okay? So for example, don't pray after Asr is a hadith which is specific in the timing, general in the prayer. There is no prayer to be prayed after the specific time after Asr. So it's a general ruling in there and a specific ruling. Likewise, uh, yeah, so uh, the other hadith that we said, so let him pray it as soon as he remembers it. This is general, yani in its timing. So it's saying any time you pray it, but it's specific in what you do, and that is to pray. And it's the pray that obligatory prayer that's been missed. So you see how complicated it's going to get? And it's going to get a bit more complicated. So I don't want you to know that, although what you said is right, a specific evidence will trump a general one, this is not actually an example of that here. This is a different chapter in Usul. Let me go through it. You'll kind of start to see what I'm talking about. All right. So Sheikh gives another example. He goes, a person is prayed Salat al-Asr, right? But then he remembers that he didn't have wudu when he prayed Salat al-Dhuhr. So he's prayed Salat al-Asr, but didn't have wudu. When he prayed Salat al Yeah. So what happens now? You have no idea? What do you think should happen now? For? No, he's got wudu now, but he didn't have wudu before when he prayed Salatul Dhuhr. Okay. He's got wudu. He's got wudu, he's prayed Salatul Asr. Then he remembers that I didn't pray Dhuhr. Sorry, he remembers I prayed Dhuhr, but I didn't have wudu when I prayed Dhuhr. Okay, but what about Dhuhr that was not prayed properly because the wudu was not there? Pray Dhuhr again. Got there. Well done. So we've got to pray this Dhuhr 
And this dhuhr is to be prayed even if it's after Salatul Asr, even though it's a prohibited time, right? So because the person did not fulfill the conditions of Salatul Dhuhr, therefore the dhuhr has to be offered again, and it is after Salatul Asr in a prohibited time, but it's an exemption to the rule or an exception to the rule because it is obligatory prayer that needs to be offered as, an oblig as a debt to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's the, I need that example. Then the author says, يعني, In the three times, this is relevant, so relevant for my uh, people who just come back with me from um, Umrah just right now. Um, you might think this is a random one. Guys, do you remember how many times, at least three times I was asked this question? Three times I was asked this question. Um, just in the last week, you might think, you know, what a random question. Three times. And that was just the amount of times I was asked it, right? What about yani, how relevant it was to me when I was also doing my tawaf and what I was doing in order to avoid this situation? You see, right now, folks, just so to give you an update on what's happening in the haram, for the longest time, there was no tawaf allowed, right? Um, the tawaf that was allowed was only... Uh, on the Sahan itself, the forecourt with the mataf surrounding the Kaaba, and that itself was only allowed if you were doing Umrah, whether man or woman. So you'd have to be doing your Umrah. There was no such thing as voluntary tawaf. Now, I just want to put it out there that the only thing that you go to the Kaaba for is voluntary tawaf, other than obviously Hajj and Umrah. Uh, yeah, I get Paxiani are going there to get 100,000 each time for every two rak'ah, but frankly, that's not what practicing folks or, or educated folks are going there for. Um, yeah, it's a reason, but it's not the main reason. The main reason is tawaf. Not The asal is tawaf. And it was a disaster, actually, that, that tawaf was closed. And that's why one was yani, pulling every black pos possible. Women, obviously, didn't have to do anything. They just walked straight in. Men are not sure, the, 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 the what's it called, the, 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 the guards are not sure, you know, whether this lady is in ihram or not. And they would look at whatever they've got, got as a booking and just say, yeah, go on. By the way, yeah, I want you to know, uh, Heba, that this rat, whoever is in the kitchen, I want you to go and have a look. They're caning all your cocoa pops. Don't, don't go and have a look. Just, just tell me who it is. It's Isa. Yeah. Confirm. What is it? What is it? And what was it on the plate? Cocoa. See, I could I could hear it was cocoa pops. That guy, how many plates? I, I said it was right, Yanni. How many plates he's just had? If he dares say one, yeah, he's been eating how many just there? Zero. That little fish, yeah. yeah. Just tell me right now, how many plates of cocoa pops we just had? I don't know. So what was you just eating before this now? Rice. It's true, he hasn't. What are you defending him for? I'm telling you, I sweat blood and tears, Yanni, yeah, to rice. sweat blood and tears to bring you that Cocoa Pops from over there, yeah? I get hit by customs and it's all Yanni emissions, and that right there is eating them all for you, here. I didn't have any yet. Okay, I'm counting every single grain, do you understand? Cut it. Every single grain. grain. I don't give you. Hey, but I'm telling you now, they're going missing because mm -hmm. that right there. I'm not sure. Okay, maybe he has. Okay, he has. 100%. But, yeah. <laughs> See, 
he was trying to do it on the sly but these ears these ears are trained over many years to know when Cocoa Pops are going into a bowl Everybody knows you didn't know you didn't get up and start screaming did you? I literally stopped my lesson yeah, because I could feel the cock ups going to the bowl. You didn't say anything, did you, you little fish? Yeah. Right. Sorry guys, I had to I had to I had to um rescue my cocoa. I had to rescue the cocoa pups because wallah only I know what a mission. Wallah only I know what a mission it is to bring cocoa pups from England all the way to Cairo and then customs saying what the hell is this is this all drug filled yeah and it rises is this some kind of black one that open up and see 20 boxes of cocoa pops you guys have no idea what life's about all my life i've been doing that 20 years i've been doing that 25 years i've been doing that allah akbar anyway so uh where are we so uh people are going obviously onto the uh, mataf and uh, doing it the men were putting on ihrams and doing it so um, a couple of weeks ago, they opened up the first floor entirely for the Tawaf. Now, as a result of that, but only at set times. And as a result of that, there's a big rush on that first floor because the roof is not open, the second floor is not open, the first floor can't be used. So there's very few people on the Mataf, yani Sahan, around the Kaaba because it's only for Umrah, which is not very many people. And so the pressure is on the first floor. And if the pressure is on the first floor and you can only enter onto the, into the masjid for tawaf with a booking because people are not staying between the salah because if you it's open also between the prayers and that's why the clever people are, are using it they're staying in the masjid between prayers they're not coming at the empty times but if you uh, with a booking and so what i'm saying is that people are finding themselves more doing tawaf at prohibited times prohibited times for prayer for prayer more and more than they would have done when the tawaf is all open everywhere. I found in my practical experience that, um, oh, Saqabu! <laughs> I can't believe Saqabu is in line. Oh, Saqabu! So, um, the uh, um, kind of the, 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 the timings of the tawafs now because of the booking system means that there are now more scenarios in which they're falling into the prohibited times. And so for that reason, for that reason, this question kept coming up that people are doing lots of uh, 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 units after the uh, Asr prayer. So on the first floor, walking quickly, you can do it in about an hour, hour, 10 minutes. By the way, I just want to put it out there that me and Chief, uh, we did seven. I tore my... Well, I popped my hernia, by the way. Just want to let you know. Yeah, uh, in 50 minutes, mashallah, we did uh, the seven on the first floor in 50 minutes. And that was because we were late and we got caught up and we had infections and we had yani, everything, you know, mess up. And so, um, but normal pace, relaxed pace, an hour, 10, hour, 15 minutes. So I want you to imagine that people who hang around between the prayers, between Dhuhr and Asr, Asr and Maghrib especially, they were now faced with the scenario where a full tawaf is seven units, seven circumambulations, ashwat, followed by two units. And so they were asking, well, because it's the prohibited time, what if I now do seven units and then hold the two and delay it and now do another seven? So that's 14. And then those two units are delayed as well because that probably fills up the time between Asr and Maghrib. Let Maghrib kick in, 
do the Maghrib and then do my two units for my first seven and then my two units for the second seven. Delay the Raka'atin to avoid the Khilaf. This is the way the kind of people were, pla were planning and uh, thinking. So, um, uh, here the answer has been given by the Hanbalis. The Hanbalis are actually saying straight out that it is permissible in the three prohibited times to do the two rak'ah of tawaf. Now let's read what Sheikh Uthameen um, is going to say. He goes that um, the three times being the three short times, sunrise, uh, zawal time, and then sunset, those extreme times, that if a person is making tawaf at those times and then it's time to pray, it is allowed to pray at those times. What's the evidence? The statement of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ya Bani Abdul Manaf, the hadith which is translate which is to be um, translated as O tribe of Abdul Manaf, O tribe of Abdul Manaf, do not prevent anyone from making tawaf of this house and praying in it at any hour of the night or day. Okay? This hadith narrated by Imam Ahmad and by Imam Tirmidhi, hadith number seven, uh, the hadith by Imam Tirmidhi, hadith number eight, six, eight. He said this hadith is Hassan Sahih. A number of scholars consider this hadith to be uh, authentic enough. Okay, what's the point here? What's the mode shahid? What's the point to, 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 to note here? Is the fact that the Prophet said, that any hour of the day or night, do not stop anyone praying any hour of the day or night and Sheikh says this is an absolute clear distinctively clear statement that it is not permissible to prevent anyone from making tawaf of this house at any time whether it's after Asr or whether it's after uh, Fajr or after any time this is what the hadith is indicating Sheikh Uthameen says well you know that's fine it's indicating that but it's possible to argue back and say well, um, this hadith is not really about, to us, this hadith is aimed at the authorities and it's not, it's, it's aimed at the authorities um, uh, warning them that they're not allowed to prevent anyone from making tawaf of the Kaaba or the prayer in the Kaaba or in the Haram. That is... Um, we're reading from 118 of the commentary, uh, Noor, okay? Page 118 of the commentary. If you look at the second tab, you'll see there's three tabs. You'll see the commentary, that's the Arabic that we're reading from, and then the, the translation of the, the text has been put down in the comments uh, uh, before. So, um, uh, where were we? So yeah, this is this is being put forward to the authorities, telling them that you can't be preventing people. Um, um, it's not talking about the specific legalities of the prayer and whatever. And that's why Sheikh says, He goes that this is a general thing that don't you dare stop people praying in this. Like don't don't stop them coming in to pray. They want to pray, let them come in and pray. It's not referring to. That, that they can, that, you know, it's not referring to the specific times. They still apply. You can't stop them from praying. Let them come in. When they come in, they will now have to abide by the rules of the prayer. Like you can't pray this here and you can't pray that. You can't, because that's nothing to do with the authority of the message. That's to do with the rules of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which I think is a very strong statement. I completely agree with Shaykh Uthameen on that. 
Sheikh then goes, Wa'idan, he goes, he goes, if we were to basically take this hadith as generally as people are, are, are doing, right? Um, if uh, we take this hadith in the general way that everybody is doing, this would then indicate that there's nothing prohibited uh, 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 with respect to this prayer in Al-Masjid Al-Haram. Whether it is two rak'ah of tawaf or... Uh, uh, anything else because the Prophet ﷺ said that don't pre pre prevent them from doing tawaf or praying therein so therefore the apparent meaning of this hadith is that there is no prohibition of the prayer of any prayer in Masjid al-Haram regardless of the time of al-Nahi um, so that, that that was the problem so so let me summarize Sheikh Uthameen basically says so therefore we will disagree with the way that they are using this hadith as a source of evidence or as the basis for their evidence in the, uh, in the following two ways. Firstly, uh, that أَنَا ظَاهِرُهُ أَنَّهُ لَا بَأْسْ بِالصَّلَاةِ وَلَا بَأْسْ بِالطَّوَافِ فِي كُلِّ وَقْتٍ وَأَنْتُمْ تَخْصُونَ الصَّلَاةِ بِرَكَعَةِ الطَّوَافِ يعني, uh, What the Sheikh is basically saying is that there is no problem with any prayer to be prayed at uh, any time of the day. That's what the hadith is indicating, right? The statement of the, if you're going to take the statement of the Prophet literally, linguistically, do not prohibit them from praying any prayer at any time, then, okay, then, if we're taking that statement literally, then that means that there's no problem with any prayer at any time. So why are you talking about two rak'at al for them? Why are you specifying it to two rakah of tawaf? Do you get that? Do you get the point? Do you get the point that Shaykh Uthameen is making? Because why are, we having, why are we even having this discussion? If you're using an evidence which is indicating that there's no problem with any prayer, why are we using it only for the two rakah of tawaf for? They are, then we should say that there's no problem with any prayer at any time. And of course, we know that that doesn't, uh, uh, we, we know that the Hanabal themselves won't agree with that. Um, and then. The second point against the, the way that they're using this hadith is that this hadith actually is not even applying to the prayer times. This is applying to the, uh, what's it called, to the um, authorities of the masjid and telling them that, uh, you know, that they can't prevent people from praying therein, in general. Sheikh says, either way, yeah, and he, inshallah, we're going to find out that regardless that the two rakah of tawaf is allowed anyway. Not because of the evidence that they're using, but um, actually because of a general principle in fiqh, and that is that every prayer that has a reason, it is permissible to perform that prayer even in prohibited times. So that's the class position, and we're kind of giving out the class position early, right? I don't mind that, because Sheikh Uthameen has just said that. He goes, it's going to come inshallah. I'm going to explain it in a few pages time. It's going to be next lesson now anyway. Maybe, you know, actually maybe this lesson. He goes basically Those prayers that have some kind of reason That are justified to pray They are allowed to be established During prohibited times Okay Regardless of this hadith Yeah the hadith is there It has some kind of benefit But not actually how you guys want it Actually this hadith maybe causes more problems than it solves Is what the argument basically is Really nice point that the sheikh makes He goes Awqatu thalitha uh, sorry, al-thalatha, yani the three prohibited times. Why does the sheikh focus on the three prohibited times? What does it mean? 
why only the three prohibited uh, times? Um, this would indicate that if it's allowed in the three prohibited times, then it's not allowed in the two prohibited times. So basically, that means that if the rakaa of tawaf is allowed when the sun is setting, which we know is like the most haram time to pray, and if the uh, tawaf is allowed, the two units of tawaf is allowed when the sun is rising, coming up onto the scene, which is the most haram to pray, then it's allowed in these times, and the author has said these three times, and, and, and the zawal at the top. Then the time before then in Fajr, it's not allowed. And the time before then in Asr, after Salatul Asr, that two hours, it's not allowed. That's what it would indicate. Would you agree? Yeah? Would you agree that that statement would indicate if it's allowed in the three, it's not allowed in the two? And Shaykh Uthameen makes wallahi a million dollar statement now. He goes, actually, this is not what the author means. The author does not mean that. Okay? Um, <laughs> yes, Aqidah, it would have. But anyway, he... Uh, by the way, Aqidah, I think that you're behind. Uh, you got to press live uh, on the uh, YouTube uh, button. Everybody who is watching, you need to press live. Uh, actually, someone write it down because obviously if you're live on the video, then you have no idea what's going on, right? So somebody write that down on the text. Everybody press the red button on the thingy. Um, that's, what, that's, a, that's a reminder. By the way, can you all, um, Mesa also give the link to the Telegram group. All new folks, by the way, that are here first time, Please join our Telegram group for LP. Yeah? No, no, no. It is okay. Maybe actually it is live. All right, shut up. Um, as long as you, no, as long as you press the red button. So what Sheikh Uthameen basically uh, says that ولكن هذا ليس مراد فالمفهوم هنا مفهوم أولوية لا مفهوم مخالفة. Okay. Um, Sheikh is saying that actually when the Sheikh, when the Imam Imam Al Hajawi is mentioning the three prohibited times. He's indicating, indicating that because they're like a, a headline for the rest of the story. Um, they're the most dominant yani, reality. Yeah, and what he's trying to say is that if something is prohibited in these times, then of course it's prohibited in the lesser times, right? If something is allowed, sorry, if something is a big part, I said that completely wrong. If something is allowed in the prohibited times, the hardcore prohibited times, then of course it's allowed in the other two times. So we don't need to mention uh, the other two times. So that's basically um, what the intention is when the author says the three. Whenever they mention the three and they allow something to be done in the three times, they're saying it in kind of like shorthand. They're basically saying that these three really emphasize times, we're allowing it. And that, which is a very serious call to make because it's a haram, haram time. And if we're going to allow it, then we're going to allow it. Then of course, we're going to allow it in the two longer times. After Salatul Asr until Maghrib, after Salatul Fajr, the Jama'ah of Salatul Fajr time until sunrise. It's allowed in these two times as well. Um, uh, also, the Sheikh Uthameen says that um, the other reason why the author has specifically mentioned the three times and kind of concentrating on them is because there are a number of scholars that actually say it is not allowed to perform the two rakah of tawaf 
in these times, but it is allowed in the two longer times. And actually, Sheikh Uthameen says this is a riwayah from Imam Ahmed. So I repeat that one of the riwayah, one of the narrations from Imam Ahmed on this issue is that the two rakah of tawaf are only allowed in the two long times, but not in the three shorter times. So this is another reason why Imam al-Hajjawi wants to establish the Mu'atamad, the established Hanbali position. Okay? The established Hanbali position. So these are the two reasons why Imam al-Hajjawi mentioned the three. The three A, to refer to the Mas'ala where there's a difference of, difference of opinion of, on in the Hanbali school itself, where there is an understanding that actually the two rakah al are not allowed in the three haram times, but are allowed in the two not-so-haram times. And then the second reason is because when you focus on the three, you don't need to worry about the two because if something is allowed in the three most prohibited times, then it's going to be allowed in the two less prohibited times. I hope that that basically uh, makes uh, uh, sense. All right? Okay. So <coughs> we've established two things so far. A person can pray at all of these prohibited times, even though we're only focusing on the three, but by extension, it means the other two. So it means all day and night. We can pray A, obligatory prayers that we've missed because we forgot or slept or X or Y or Z. And B, the two rakah of tawaf because that's something which just happened. It's got a reason, but that's a little kind of, uh, that's a little bit of a spoiler. At the moment, you don't know about the reasoning part. Just go with the fact that the Hanbalis have specified the Tawaf uh, units. Why? Because of the Hadith that we just mentioned, that the Prophet ﷺ said they don't block anyone from, don't prevent anyone. And then the third exception to this rule that is studied at basic fiqh level, at basic fiqh level, the third exception is the repeating of a congregational prayer. What that means is that you've already prayed your salah, whether you prayed it alone, but ideally in a congregation already. And then you come into a masjid where they're praying already. They're praying again now. Sorry, they're praying their congregation now. And you've got the option of now saying, well, I've prayed so I can just chill. Or, oh, you know what? Let me join them and pray again. So you're repeating your congregational prayer. This is i'adatu jama'atin. Okay. So this is the, rep the repeating of the, uh, uh, the repeating of the prayer itself. Um, so Sheikh Uthameen says that it is allowed, yeah, and in all five times in the three hardcore and then the rest of the times as well, to repeat a uh, 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 a congregational prayer. The evidence for this is the Prophet Wasallam. Um, so sorry, let me just say what Sheikh Uthameen says. So he goes, an example of this is a man who's prayed Asr in his masjid and he has a lesson to attend in a different masjid and he arrives in that uh, masjid for his dars and he finds them praying, praying Asr. And so he prays Asr with them. That's basically what the example, that's an example of what the point is that in the prohibited times, which for him is after Asr, he can repeat the Jama'ah again according to the Hanabila. Um, what's the evidence for this? The evidence for this is the Prophet Wasallam uh, prayed Salatul Fajr one day in Mina, and then uh, uh, there was, when he finished, there was two men that were there by the side, okay? 
and they did not pray the Fajr prayer with the rest of the people. And he noticed that and he went up to them and he said to them, uh, uh, what prevented you from praying with us? I noticed, you know, basically, you know, I just finished the prayer and I noticed that you guys are sitting at the back and you didn't pray with us. So what, what, why did you not pray with us? So they said, Ya Rasulullah, Sallayna fi rihalina, O Messenger of Allah, we prayed yani in our homes, we prayed. So they prayed a congregation themselves in our homes, um, meaning we've done it, we've prayed it, we've completed it. So the Prophet ﷺ said, And if you guys pray in your homes, And then you come to a masjid where the jama'ah is being prayed, then both of you pray with them. And it will be for you a supererogatory prayer. You'll be an extra recommended prayer. It will not be your obligatory one because you've already performed the obligatory one but it will be an extra kind of reward for you. You need to pray. You need to pray, okay? You should do that. So this is a very clear statement, which, in, which indicates the permissibility of the repetition of a jama'ah in a prohibited time. What's the prohibited time here? After Fajr, after Fajr. They had prayed their Fajr and jama'ah. They've come now to this masjid here, and here, this is the prohibited time. You, they still should have prayed it okay so uh this hadith is an evidence yeah i need this is an evidence that we should criticize or we should uh you know pull up people who sit around when the people are praying yeah i need um i think what sheikh wants to make is the wider uh dawah point Meaning that there are people out there, you know, that you're praying and they don't even bother praying because they just don't even want to pray. Let alone a person who has a valid excuse or what he thinks is an excuse, meaning that he's prayed it before. This guy, we're going to pull him up and say, yeah, you did pray before, but you need to pray. You need to pray again. This is the sunnah. You don't sit aside. That's something which is really, yani, causes a lot of, yani, you know, uh, 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 stress and it uh, always puts bad opinions in the hearts of people like, you know, why are we like, you know, you know, are they like a different sect or are we not authentic enough? And that always goes into the minds, hearts and minds. It's true, you know, we're talking about Mecca, right? And the uh, Brelvis, for example, and, uh, and uh, uh, this is super relevant. Bir Ma'roof, I think his name is, isn't it? Chief's not on the line. If Chief was here, Lazy Fish doesn't take the lessons anymore because he thinks that he's a father now and a busy man and all the rest of it. But uh, he used to tell me that he used to meet that guy. Bir Ma'aruf, I think. Rayhan, maybe you might know, um, in Bradford, who runs, you know, these kind of cults and so on, big Brelvi kind of cult. He often gives the fatwa. He's not allowed to pray behind the Imam of the Kaaba. He is a Wahhabi kafir, blah, 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 blah. And the legend used to have it that he got arrested for this, but legend used to have it that when he used to go there, him and his group of people during Hajar Umrah, they would not pray in the Jama'ah. They would not pray behind the Imam. They would pray separate. This is real, meaning this is traditionally and, 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 and you know, our heritage has all of many examples of this. And um, uh, so, I want you to know that it is correct to believe that when someone is not praying with the jama'ah, that there's something wrong with that person, that they're, they're a person of bid'ah, that people who do not pray behind the Muslims, there's a problem. Now, it's okay to go to that, yani from zero to bid'ah in your head, because that's exactly why the Prophet asked these people. 
then it's up to them to say, oh, no, no, you know, I've, I, I've prayed or, you know, let them clarify it. Because the, if, the, if you're not going to pray, don't come to the masjid. Don't make a scene. You're making a scene, bro. Get out. Yeah? Show some respect. So, that's important. Otherwise, the Prophet would not have pulled them up if they'd been outside. Now, the wider point, of course, is that Sheikh Hathameen is making is that, yeah, and you think about today, where it's not even a sect issue at all. There are people who just basically say, well, you know, or, yeah, I'll pray when I get home, or, yeah, let the religious ones do it. He's Mutawa, he's Sufi Sab, he's Mulbi Sab, yeah, and all this kind of bakwas, and them not praying at all. They don't feel any kind of concern. Sheikh is saying that, imagine being pulled up and you have prayed. What about when you don't pray or don't want to pray, or you even deny praying? You should have your teeth knocked out. Anyway. He didn't say that. I said that, but you know what I mean. Uh, um, so, where do we... Uh, let's have a look here. Yeah, let's do a couple of questions before I move into the next part, okay? Um, honestly, 100%. Such a bestie statement to say that my clothes are believed, honestly. Um, so Samira says the hadith of repetition well the hadith of repetition of jama'ah does the hadith state that the jama'ah was then at home yeah fi rihalikuma okay so that means a home yeah would it not be permissible for repetition of the prayer would it not be permissible for repetition of the prayer I don't understand that question I don't understand that that's exactly what we were talking about the, the repetition of the prayer as Gujaratis have been shielded from the burials from young, so I have no idea. Yeah, okay. Uh, fair enough. I think his name is Pierre Maruf. I, I, I can't, I'm pretty, pretty positive that it is. Yeah. Uh, what about the one who gives an excuse? Oh, man, honestly. Whatever. You went there, didn't you? Those people yeah, are living in a dream world. Warda, let me tell you what happened to me the other day. Okay, I saw the video. Danish, by the way, I haven't got back to you because obviously the video is long. It's amazing, and I'm working through it, and I'll get back to you. Obviously, we'll start thinking, but uh, I, I know, <laughs> I know. So, so there's a normal documentary that's going to be released soon, guys. Okay, and you will see a part actually in the documentary. It's a behind the scenes thing. Listen, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't spoil it, okay? So anyway, the uh, a couple of us have just come out after smashing a karai, like hardcore smashing a karai. The problem is that the karai smashed us as well, and we got it onto our so, uh Me, me, and next man. Next man didn't yani, have my skills. You see, as a man, yani, who unfortunately is very yani, messy like that. Or just Qaddar Allah, and he takes his new new kegs. I'm trying to act yani, cool with the, with the young phrase. Is it kegs? And it always yani, gets caught out. So I put some karayi down the front, and obviously I was mortified by that. So I went and I washed it out. And I mean, I washed it out proper. And I come out, and on the documentary, you can see that my whole thing is soaked like that there. And uh, the cameraman yani, basically calls me out and says, you know, what's going on? One little tiny bit yani, of silent that everybody, yani, nobody cares about. People are yani, desperate to wash out. You've got yani, some politeness, whatever your flipping imaginary polite bakwas is, your urine or your feces, whatever. What's stopping you washing it out then? What's stopping you washing it out? People wash out a little bit of food. What's what? what yani, they're stressed about food. People are not going to wash it out, but you're not interested in washing it out because you don't even believe in your own politeness anyway, you plump. Okay? So, yeah. Sorry, Ahlam. 
Karai is like a curry, but it's the king and the queen of all curries, bro. But you made it all biryani. No, uh, biryani is rice, but. I know. Yeah, karai is like, uh, is like, uh, is like kind of salan kind of thing, you know, salan. Like dal. Like dal, yeah, like dal, yeah, but, but made a bit different. Um, so, so is this only in a masjid or can it apply to congregational? Love your spelling, Sarah, of congregation. <laughs> Although, second time around, it worked all right. Um, and like you enter someone's house and they're praying in a congregation, this is very good. If you're going to someone's house, you, this would not apply. And the reason it wouldn't apply is because the, and, and d d there is some discussion about this amongst the scholars. In my opinion, it does not apply to one which is happening in a house because in the house, you going in is you being allowed into a restricted place because of closeness to the people. And there's an ability to you know, speak and understand and discuss and talk and, and all the rest of it. Okay, it's a combination of two things here, the inability to clarify and the fitna possibility, as well as the achieving of reward. So it's actually allowed for you to achieve the reward anyway. Of course, we should be maximizing uh, that uh, regardless. Okay, um, yeah. Uh, where am I, where am I? Okay. Uh, Right, hadith, did they pray munfarid or in jama'ah in the homes? The indication is jama'ah. The hadith yani, as interpreted by the scholars is jama'ah. Permission in the prohibited time is allowed for repetition of the jama'ah. If I pray alone at home, then come to the masjid, then, is not repeating, then it is not repeating a jama'ah, but a prayer. Yes, there is a difference. But min bab al-awla, meaning that if a person has prayed in jama'ah, um, a person who has prayed in jama'ah, this is applicable to them um, even more so. You know, when we, when we emphasize in fiqh, you emphasize the extreme to indicate the, the, the adna. So we, spoke, we said that the prohibited time is prohibited. Uh, the three, the sunrise is prohibited by indication or something's allowed in the prohibited time of sunrise and is allowed, obviously, in the time before it. Likewise, if you're allowed to or required to or recommended to or directed to repeat your prayer in congregation and you've prayed it in congregation, then of course you're then meant to do that if you prayed it by yourself. Does that make sense? I think that's obvious. Okay. Um, question is, um, I thought you had to make the prayers in order. If you forget and need to make up dhuhr after asr, do you repeat asr after your dhuhr? The answer is no, Zara. And the reason for that is because this is not you missing both prayers, all right? This is you making up a prayer. This is a prayer that has got, this time has gone. When the prayer's time has gone, it now goes outside of the rule of order as such, okay? Um, can we pray the Fajr Sunnah after the Fajr uh, Fard? Salma, I think I answered this a while back, but um, uh, 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 we'll come to that later. But in summary, I want to say that um, it is permissible according to some scholars, but the safer position is to delay until after sunrise. Unless you know you're not going to be able to pray it because you're going to get busy, you're not going to wake up, you're going to go to work, and you know you're not going to pray it, then you can pray the two sunnah fajr after sunrise as an exception because of the reason. Otherwise, the reason being that you're not going to be able to pray it later on, and it's a prayer that's not to be missed. Uh, Thana says, well, can you advise someone who doesn't pray if their underwear had urine in it? So obviously, if someone does have that, then they either change their, they, 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 they keep a, a, obviously a set spare or a change of underwear with them, um, number one, 
Or number two, when it comes to the prayer time, they wash away that, that urine. Urine does not need yeah, need a washing machine. We've got to get this out of our heads. Just like yeah, you don't need a washing machine to clean, clean out the curry stain. Just get that little area and wash it and that's it. Or you remove it, which is the obvious one, right? You remove the underwear, put it in a bag and pray without the underwear. You don't need to have underwear or layers of clothes for the prayer. You just need to be covered in the outside of the aura. What if someone offered a late jama'ah in a communal area like a uni prayer hall, which is acting like a masjid, but you prayed the original, but hung around? What if someone offered a late jama'ah in a communal area like a uni prayer, which is acting like a masjid, but you prayed the original, but hung around? So I, what I want to say is that, first of all, let's not get too caught up in the, is it oblig obligatory or not? Okay, because the scholars differed over that. Okay, the issue is more to do with the fact, I mean, uh, uh, the scholars that use this hadith, they used it mostly to deal with the issue of congregational prayers and prohibited prayer times, not what everybody here is doing, which is kind of, is it obligatory to pray it or not? And the reason for that is because the reason that the prayer in itself is being uh, 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 recommended is the fitna issue. If there is a scenario where that's completely not applicable, okay, not applicable, for example, a uni prayer room, because when you say uni prayer room, acting like a masjid, every single human on this planet that's been to university knows exactly what you're talking about. And everybody who prays in a uni prayer room has a certain adab and culture that is imbibed into them. They know that their, the rules of a uni prayer room are not the rules of a masjid. They know that people going in and out, in and out, multiple jama'at, no problems, this, that, whatever. Nobody feels personally offended. Nobody feels yeah, any upset. Nobody feels yeah, any judgmental. Everybody knows the issues and the time pressures. Everybody knows. And that's the big difference. When you know that and the nature of the place is like that, then that's something different. Unlike a main masjid, in where these things are not allowed, according to some scholars, or, or highly disliked, because you're disrupting the structure. There's a formality, there is a structure, there's an authority, there's a hierarchy. Yani you are challenging authority if you come in and establish your jama'ah anytime that you want to, or you want to pray anytime that you feel like, you know, and, 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 and multiple jama'at. And this. Oh, no, 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 you don't mess around in a main masjid or the masjid of a community or residential area like that. But the masjid of the road, and, and you know, um, and there's more to say about this. You know, this is the same as um you know uh when um this is the same as actually even creating a new jama'ah so a shafi'i for example uh, or certainly jabir ibn abdullah i've said this many many times before i don't know whether in this class or not but jabir ibn abdullah radiallahu anhuma it was his position that a person when he walks into a masjid after he's prayed he doesn't actually pray a jama'ah again. He prays by himself. I follow this opinion myself, by the way. Okay? Meaning if I come into a masjid late and I have not prayed, I will, with someone, I will say to that person, pray by yourself. I'm praying by myself. I will not establish another jama'ah in a mosque. The only time I will is if it's one of the roadside mosques, a mall, uni prayer hall, a mosque or a musalla in which that is the complete norm. But in a communal mosque, no, 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 no. The, the, the evils of that, in our opinion, and of course the majority disagree because of the hadith of the man who came in and the Prophet ﷺ said, who wants to give their brother a sadaqah? And, and, you know, basically the guy hasn't prayed 
and and the Prophet was saying, listen, who wants to who who wants to basically spend time in the prayer again, and allow him to get the reward of the jama'ah as opposed to him just praying alone. So this is a difficult hadith to argue against. We say that this hadith is specific to a situation which people understand, but in general, the congregational mosque got to protect its integrity. People get very upset, yani, about that. The ima what happens is people get lazy. People get lazy. So that you guys who are just with me at the haram, you might have noticed that when you're walking out, you'll see lots of people, they're praying, congregation, etc., etc. That's okay in the big haram because people are going there 24 hours a day, 24 hours a day. In Masjid Nabwi, it's not okay. You see how culture can change from mosque to mosque? Uh, the, the, uh, Masjid al-Haram, Mecca. People are going there 24 hours a day, different times, flights coming in, blah, 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 Umrah, blah, 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 it's open all the time. Masjid Nabwi is like your local neighborhood mosque on the, on the major scale. Set prayer times, set whatever, whatnot. And if you're missing prayers or you're coming, or thinking it's pure laziness, pure laziness, there's nothing else happening. And so what sometimes happens is that people then get more lazier and lazier and lazier. So, you know, in the early day, first day, second day, they're, they're, they're making sure that they've entered the mosque before the adhan starts. Then the next day, they wait for the adhan to start before they leave. And then the next day, then they're basically waiting on day three. They're waiting for the iqama, for example. And then they'll leave, especially if you're very close to the mosque. And then on the next day, they're like, well, uh, uh, you know, I'll get it because it's Sheikh Hudayfi and Sheikh Hudayfi and he recites like for half an hour in the first rakah. And then on the fifth day, there's like, well, you know what I saw yesterday? I saw loads of jamaats going on. So if I get it, I get it. If I don't, then I'm just going to join with the jamaat. That is a natural human reality. You might think, no, 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 no. Bro, if that happens in the holiest of holy places, with the greatest of the great imams reciting, what do you think in your local Pak mosque, yani? What do you think in your local, yani, you know, your local, yani, uh, uh, whatever? Right? Uh, people start to get used to the idea that if I'm late, I will just pray a jama'ah. There'll be few people, and there are, because they're always thinking the same. They're also yani, believing. But if you stamp that out as a practice, people will do absolutely everything to make that first jama'ah because they know there's not going to be a second jama'ah. There's not going to be a side jama'ah. There's not going to, you know, that's facts, by the way. I've lived and seen that, applied it when I was head of a masjid running things. I know what I'm talking about here. Anyway, it's still the minority position. I accept that. Um, but yeah, I believe that in uh, we shouldn't establish a jama'ah and we should pray by ourselves. Why are we talking about that? Oh my God, I should have looked down. Sorry, Bilal. I've just repeated all of that. Okay. <sighs> Sorry about that. Um, now, okay, we, we, where are we, are we? Should we? Where are we now? I don't know how much more to cover, actually. Let's, um, so, so, okay, let's finish what the Sheikh says. He goes, so, uh, actually, the Prophet Sallallahu said that if the prayer is established, then there is no prayer except the Holy Ghost. Um, and in another narration, he said that which has been established. Hatta, he goes that even if there is يعني, an obligatory prayer that you need to make up and the Imam is praying and you've prayed by yourself you need to you need to establish the prayer the Prophet has basically said um, oh sugar we're having video issues 
Oh, goodness. Hmm. I don't know what to tell you, folks. It's not showing on this. Sometimes, you know when that happens? It does say, uh, when it happens, it does say that, um, uh, you know, there's a problem, but it doesn't say there's a problem. Seems okay, yeah? Okay, well, I'll repeat what I said in the last few seconds. It wasn't much. Basically, I said that the Prophet ﷺ said that if the prayer is established, then there's no prayer except the obligatory one. And this is so emphasized, therefore, that indicates that even if a person has a prayer to pray by themselves, uh, they are not allowed to pray it when the prayer is being established. How weird is it that a person is sitting there and not praying, right? There's a real serious yani, unity issue when the... Um, uh, the obligatory prayer is uh, is uh, is being established. Um, yeah, let's finish with this point here then. Something which uh, I think Sumaira brought up as well. Uh, as well, Sheikh says, "وَحْتَجَ بَعْضُ النَّاسِ بِحَدِيثِ رَجُلَيْنِ عَلَى جَوَازِ إقَامَةِ الْجَمَاعَةِ فِي الرَّحْفِ الرَّحْفِ فِي الرَّحْلِ دُونَ الْمَسْجِدِ." So, Sheikh says that some people use this hadith as a permissibility of establishing the congregation. As I said, this is indicating congregation. Um, that it is allowed to do the congregation at home instead of at the masjid. Rather, it is permissible to pray the jama'ah at home. And then, for, uh, 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 and therefore, if we are in a jama'ah in the house and the mu'addin gives the adhan, um, then it's allowed for us to pray at home and not go to the masjid. Because of the Prophet Yaani. Uh, agreeing to their statement because they said we have prayed in our homes they came together they, they prayed in congregation we have prayed in our homes the Prophet then said to them if you have prayed in your homes then you come to this masjid so he's accepted that it's okay for them to okay for them to pray in their homes he did not say, "La tusalliya fi bal fil masjid." He did not say, "Don't pray again in your homes." Rather, pray in the masjid. No, he said, "If you pray in your homes again, and then come to the masjid, then you get you get what I'm saying exactly, Mahira. Actually, more than iqrar, uh, 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 more than tacit approval, Mahira. All right, he actually verbally stated. If you do that, right? So a bit more. Do you get what I'm saying? That's a, a good point that you brought up. But I want to make it that it's more than tacit approval. Um, so Sheikh says that, well, there's no doubt that there's some kind of, not some bit of unclarity here. Unclarity? Is that even a word? A bit of... Um, huh? um, there is something... Yeah, and there's no doubt that there's an argument here. I mean, there's something here, okay? There's something here that needs to be considered and debated. First of all, it is the action of two companions. And second, we have the iqrar of a Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam of their action, okay? The approval or the acceptance, I should say, of their action. Um, he goes, obviously, obviously, if it was just the action of the two companions, 
then it wouldn't have been in evidence. But the fact that the Prophet ﷺ said, okay, when you do it again, that is a problem. It's a problem. Okay? Meaning we've got to deal with this. This issue is not clear cut. We've got to deal with this. Okay? Um, he goes, because if the Prophet ﷺ had not intervened, then it's possible that we could explain away the action of the two companions. Uh, we, could, we could assume they didn't know about the obligation of coming to the masjid. And so therefore, it doesn't matter what they did at home. They were never aware of coming to the masjid as an obligation anyway. Um, or we could assume that they both believed that the jama'ah had already been prayed. Meaning that they did believe that it's obligatory to come to the masjid to pray. But they thought they missed it, so they made their own jama'ah at home. Then they come to the masjid, realize it hasn't been done and it's being prayed now and then they didn't join it but the point is is that my point is that when it's just the companions and their action we can argue it we can reconcile it we can refute it but when the prophet gets involved right and uh uh yeah and he you know says it and doesn't say and he doesn't say don't pray at home then there's some issue here and there's some, that, that these boys have got an argument. There's a mustanad, yani. He goes, those guys yani, who say that it's not obligatory to pray in the masjid, yani, they got some game. He goes, however, there are evidences which are even clearer than this. Okay? There are evidences which are even clearer and more direct than this that indicate that it is obligatory to pray the jama'ah in the masjid. And the Qa'idah shar'iyah, the, 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 the shar'i maxim, uh, 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 according to us, is إِذَا وَجِدَ دَلِيلٌ مُشْتَبَهٌ وَدَلِيلٌ مُحْكَمٌ لَا إِشْتَبَهَ فِيهِ فَالْوَاجِبُ حَمْلُ الْمُشْتَبَهِ عَلَى الْمُحْكَمِ He goes that the, 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 the shar'i maxim is that if you find an evidence in which there is يعني, some lack of clarity, and evidence which is absolutely clear, then the one which is not clear is, is read in light of the clear one. The clear one rules over it. For Nusuls, he goes, the texts indicate very clearly that one must attend the masjid. For example, the hadith of Abu Hurairah anhu, that the message of Allah وسلم, said, that and the hadith is a famous one, long one, it's noted by Bukhari, hadith number 644. He um, uh, said that um, what I want to do is I want to put someone in, 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 in uh, what I want to do is put someone in my position to lead the prayer so I can go and get the guys, gather some wood, uh, and I go to those people who are not yani, attending our prayer and I burn down their houses. Because that's where they are. If I burn down their houses, then they've got nowhere then to basically waste time and they have to come to the masjid. Which is a very big statement. Okay? Um, Sheikh Uthameen says, the Prophet ﷺ said that despite the fact that they could be praying in their homes alone, despite the fact that they could be praying in their homes in Jama'ah. Okay? Um, for, uh, uh, actually, the Prophet ﷺ made the simple reason that they did not attend the prayer enough of a reason to burn their houses. And that is uh, something that he was super concerned about and wished that he could do.
Now, it's a haram to burn a person's house, and it's a very serious crime. So to believe that that is the next step, or to consider that as an option, would indicate that the crime being committed is bigger than the burning of the house. That's as, as the scholars used to say. And that's one of the strongest evidences for the scholars who said that it is uh, obligatory for people to attend the uh, jama'ah. Um, just one more paragraph, um, uh, uh, Mesa, and make sure that you remember that is, we're starting at the bottom of page 122 with the exceptions of the... Hey, give me a pen. Because, uh, uh, like, I trust anybody anymore. No, no, I trust uh, Mesa. Mesa never lets me down, but everybody else barely does. Nur al-Basair, I'm not speaking about you, Pakis, no. Waste men, custom. Right. Um, so Sheikh Atamin says, also another evidence is that the Prophet Sallallahu was approached by a blind man who sought his permission, who said, can I pray at home? And the Prophet Sallallahu said, yes. Uh, and then he goes, wait, 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 come back. And he goes, do you hear the adhan when the muazzin gives the adhan? And he said, yes. And he goes, oh, well, then you've got to respond to it. Because he's calling into the prayer. And if you can hear it, you've got to go, even if you're blind. This hadith is another very powerful hadith. Hadith in Sahih Muslim. Hadith narrated. Uh, hadith um, uh, 653. Sahih Muslim. Okay. The Prophet ﷺ did not say, okay, if you can hear the adhan, that's fine. Find someone who can pray with you and pray with you in the house. He goes, come back. Uh, and then go to the masjid. So Sheikh Uthameen says, so the correct position in this issue is that one must attend the masjid for the congregational prayer. However, if he prays at home, believing that the people have already prayed in the masjid, based upon what normal times that he knows, and then, and then it became clear to him actually that they did not pray he is not obligated to attend the masjid because he has already performed his obligation. I'm going to repeat the statement again because it's a big one. He basically said that it is allowed for a person only in one occasion to not attend the masjid. And that is, he believes that he missed the prayer and he's prayed at home already. So because he then realizes afterwards, someone tells him, hey, we haven't prayed. We still got to pray. Right? And... He thought that the prayer had finished, so he prayed his prayer at home. He now doesn't need to come and uh, attend. Okay? He doesn't now need to attend. So, um, that's the position of Sheikh Uthameen. That's the position of the Hanabila generally, actually. Uh, I just want to say for the sake of, even though this is coming later, well, actually next couple of weeks, when we move to the, the, the section in the congregational prayer, you'll be glad to know. Big section, by the way, we're moving on to. It's a big moment. We might have to have some yeah, sweets thrown around for that. And you can throw some chocolate back, Hibs. Yeah? Um, you don't have chocolate? I will you have chocolate. I will, bro, I will hook you up with chocolate yeah, beyond your dreams. Just keep throwing it, yeah, like this. I know. Okay? Um, I do want to say that, uh, as it stands right now, is that I, the class position is the position of the majority of scholars, which is that the prayer is highly recommended uh, to attend in the masjid, but not an obligation. Highly recommended. I mean, uh, 
from my own personal perspective, I don't think any man has the right to call himself a man if he prays at home. There's no doubt about that. But is he a sinner in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? I don't know. I also think that women are pretty pathetic if they allow and expect their men to be at home at the congregational times. And if they're not pushing their guy out the house and saying, go a man up, yani, don't be a woman and pray at home. We have excuses. We've got homes to look after, kids to look after, this, that, blah, blah, blah. We would be going to pray at home. We would be going praying at the masjid as well. Because you know my opinion on women in the masjid. I think they should be praying their prayers in the masjid as well let alone the men, um, but they've got other duties, they take one for the team, so they stay at home. All right, good, they get more rewarded for that. What are men getting rewarded for? They want to slap in the face, that's what they want. Kick them out and they should go. However, are they sinners? No, Malik and Shafi'i and Abu Hanifa. And the biggest evidence, frankly, is the evidence that they used against us, we use it back against them. They said that the Prophet was going to burn the houses down. Well, he didn't, did he? Right? He would never do that. He would never do that, reckons Hibba. Anyway, um, uh, Allah knows best. We're going to close it there on that. Hopefully people will remember it. Let's uh, do a couple of uh, questions. Aqeedah, I'm telling you, man, I didn't get enough of those chocolates, man. I didn't. Allah, I didn't. Yeah, man, they, they, they were killing it, man. Yeah, I do. I do. I'm Ibrahim. I mean that they should pray in the masjid. Uh, but if uh, for the sake of husbands and this and that and kids, and keeping the family unit at home, their prayer at home, then I prefer that because they get more reward for that. Yani obedience to husband, bringing up the kids, best for themselves, etc., etc. But if they've got none of those scenarios and the husband doesn't care and there's no intention issues and there's no deficiencies that are going to occur in the family structure, then I believe that the woman's prayer is more rewarded at the masjid like it is for the men. I don't believe the hadith that are authentic that indicate the wife's the woman's prayer at home is better. Wallahu a'lam. If a man is autistic and suffers from sensory overload from sound and lighting, etc., are they exempt from attending the congregational prayer? I think there's some space for that, Salma. That has to be obviously uh, ratified by medical professional and people who know, but yeah, I think that's okay. Hamza, how you doing, bro? Hamza, man, this is your side. You should hold us whether it's bir ma'roof or not. Don't you know? Come on, bro. Uh, what's your thoughts on doing a second jama'ah when the Imam has combined Maghrib and Isha in the Masjid for the reason of rain, and then a significant number turn up at the usual Isha Jama'ah time, should they do a Jama'ah or pray individually? What a question. The answer to that, I think, is based upon the mosque authorities. And I think we should respect them. If they say that we don't want it because we want the, uh, our authority to be recognized, then I think that's what needs to be gone with. Okay? For example, I explicitly prohibited any Jama'ah happening during the summer times. Okay, what do I mean by that? We would, go, in the summertime in the UK, you know that there's this fitna of, well, we're gonna combine Maghrib and Isha because Isha is too late. We've come for Maghrib, we're gonna come back for Isha. Those are the two Jama'ah times, you can go and get lost, okay? And what they were doing is that they were praying their Maghrib with us, and then like that 10, 20 or whatever, they got together and started praying Isha in the masjid. I said, you flipping kidding me. Get your backsides out of the masjid. Yeah? So, so it was bir ma'roof. Farhat, is that you speaking or is that Saqab yeah, speaking? That's the real issue. Who's T. Ali? I want to know who T. T. Ali, give us your name, man. Wa alaikum salam. Tell us who you are and your story, man. That's, you know, 
please do Sarah's question. I can, I, guys, I can't keep, the screen keeps going thingy. If the question is not being answered, paste it at the top. You know the rules. One bite, everybody knows the rules. If you prayed Isha at home, not in congregation, then went to the mosque for halaqah, and they are praying, should you join? Yes, you should, Maryam, 100%. Okay? Right. Um, question. I just had my first baby seven weeks ago. If this is for you, Fatima, then mashaAllah, Allahumma barik. Well done and congratulations, mashaAllah. That's awesome, man. Um, and since then, I've been recovering from preeclampsia. That's no joke, man. Failed induction and an emergency C-section. SubhanAllah. As a result, body hasn't been able to produce any significant amount of milk for Suleiman. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make that easy for you. Ya Um Suleiman. After herbs, lactation cookies. What the fish is lactation cookies? That's the first. Constant pumping and lactation consultation after consultation. I'm told my only real option is taking Domperidone to come to produce milk. Interesting. Um, would it be considered better for me to take this medication in terms of me trying to give my baby his full rights? Or is it Islamically preferred to just stop an exclusively formula? The level of guilt with this and never feeling so insufficient, insufficient in my life is unimaginable, but I am so, so tired. I know I could maybe just stop, but I'm torn about my baby not receiving a special bond, wood and hanan that comes from uh, feeding from the mother. If the issue is in my hands, Islamically, then from your experience teaching about family relations and PTH, protect this house for those who don't know what PTH is, what would your advice be for women in my situation? So the first thing I'll say is that um, it's very normal, actually, Fatima, uh, for women to feel that way. It's, it's a, it's a well-studied phenomenon. Um, and obviously in the West, where there's no real Islamic kind of injunction, just an ethical one or a professional one towards breastfeeding, a very clear recommendation towards it, but it's not like at the dean level. Ours is a much more deeper, more stronger one, yeah. Um, uh, so they, they do study this, they are aware of it, and they are very careful not to, uh, they're always, you know, always wanting to make sure that we don't put too much pressure upon the lady and she's not made to feel like, you know, she's insufficient and, you know, not, because you're not. I mean, uh, they're right, okay, whoever, the West or the East or whoever, you're not insufficient. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes everybody with certain abilities and restrictions and if we were to judge all the people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made different or with certain strengths and whatever as insufficient, this situation would be a mess. Not only would the situation be a mess, it would make out Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to not be just, which is impossible. Okay? Um, that, that Allah holds people more accountable when he holds back and holds them back from something. All right? I think this is all pep talk. You know this already. And anybody could tell you what I'm telling you right now. Um, to go a bit deeper, domperidone is something which I uh, uh, prescribe, yeah, any quote unquote, for those that are in unique scenarios. I don't normally recommend it, although it works great, especially when you are actually lactating but not lactating well, then it'll work. And that's because it works in women who are not even lactating, and it makes them lactate. So I would be normally giving Domperidone 10 milligrams three times a day, off license, by the way, full disclaimer, full disclaimer, all right? No one's taking me to court, okay? This is personal advice, not, not nothing else, whatever they, however, I'm sure that my boys, yeah, and they will put the legal advices, the legal statements, disclaimers down, but 
um, those that are adopting uh, uh, kids and they need their wives to give they need their wives to give five feedings which is something I always recommend so that the family unit can be strong um, a lot of the time they're not yani, at the time of lactation or even their own natural pregnancies indeed some of them can't become pregnant so we give domperidone to these girls and it really does induce lactation or enough to be able to give five full feedings so in your scenario helping you it might make things a lot easier I'm just saying that because that's my field and I'm okay with that. However, I don't believe Islamically you're obligated to have to kill yourself to give the baby the uh, breastfeeding. We all know the benefits of breastfeeding and the love transfer and the immune transfer and the physiological benefits and the emotional benefits. They're there on the table. But if a person can't, you don't want to kill yourself over it. Let me just make that very clear. And you don't have to take medication for it. But the medication is taken. It's not dangerous. Domperidone is about as an old stable a drug as it gets. It's got a few side effects, nothing major. All right, um, I'm okay with it, but I'm also okay with you saying, you know what, I'm tapping out. I can't, I can't deal with it. Tapping out is a merciful move, not yeah, any a, a scared move, right? Saying I can't do this is you can't do it. لا يكلف الله نفسا إلا وسعها. All right, so um, uh, uh, that's my I think my summary. I don't think it's a problem giving f uh, formula feed. Uh, you don't miss out that much, and you shouldn't feel too bad. If you are being late now, nah, listen, if you're coming to me that Bakwasa on my body feels like this and my rights and my husband rights, I would slap you then. Do you know what I mean? That's just that, that's the Western rubbish in your head. This is a million miles from that. This is you physiologically not able to do it. Normally what you find is that they're too push too 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 posh to push. Girls, how do you uh, how, how is it how is it uh, how does it go? Too posh to push, so you get the C section and too something to something. to something to feed. I can't remember what it is. Wallahu ta'ala a'lam. Oh, Saqaba. Right. I know it's you've had, but he did come on for a second, didn't he? If you are doing congregational prayer, okay, we're getting late, okay? Mesa's having kittens right now. Mesa, do you do, do you do the, uh, 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 um, uh, do you do the, do you do the, uh, um, do you, do you have to transcribe the, uh, does the team have to describe the Q&A as well? Is that why you're so upset? <laughs> Guys, she's getting upset. If you are doing congregational prayer and you break your wudu, do you come back and finish the rakah you are on? No, you, you go and you make wudu, you come back and you start again with the imam the first unit, okay? Um, on the making up of missed prayers during prayer, I'm just now choosing some questions. The rest of you have to ask your questions later, okay? On the making up of missed prayers during prohibited times, I'm assuming this also applies to when a woman becomes pure after a period and has prayers to make up from when her period started. Those obligatory prayers On the making up of missed prayers during prohibited times, I'm assuming this also applies to when a woman becomes pure after a period and has prayers to make up from when her period started. Those obligatory prayers must be prayed as soon as she becomes pure, regardless of the prohibited times. Right, okay. Sarah, I've misunderstood that. No, there's no prayers to make up. 
No prayers to be made up yani, that are missed during one's period. None at all. None at all, ever. Okay? Alright, what's gone is gone. Right. Oye, listen. Don't get any ideas, okay, Danish? Alright, I need to... Uh, Mesa, what, why are you so, so much hating today? Oh my God. All right, let's read the summary and then we can go, okay? All right, prayers permitted during the prohibited times. Exception one, making up the obligatory prayer. It is permitted to make up obligatory prayers which have been missed for legitimate reasons in the prohibited times. Legitimate reasons are genuinely forgetting to pray or accidentally sleeping through the prayer time. This is based on a hadith of the Prophet If one of you forgets to pray or misses it by sleeping, letting him, let him pray it as soon as he remembers. The scholars hold that this hadith overrides the prohibition. The missed prayer is considered a debt which must be paid back as soon as possible. Very good. Exception number two, the two rakah of tawaf. The Hanbalis believe that the two rakah of tawaf are permitted during all the prohibited times based on a hadith where the Prophet said, O Bani Abdul Manaf, do not prevent anyone from performing tawaf around this house and salah, whichever hour it is of the night or day. Sheikh Uthameen and the class position, this hadith is not aimed at the masses, rather this is aimed at the authorities and ensuring that they do not ban people from Masjid al-Haram. This hadith therefore cannot be used to support the Hanbali opinion. There's also an opinion. Um, I don't want to say this hadith therefore cannot be used to support the Hanbali. This hadith is therefore uh, not, the, not the strongest of, uh, of, of evidences to allow the two units of Tawaf. That's probably a better sentence. There's also an opinion within the Hanbali school which holds that the two rakah of Tawaf can be prayed in the two long periods of times but not the three short ones. Yeah. Ibn Uthameen is Qala's position. It is allowed to pray the two rakah of tawaf at all the prohibited times, which will be covered later. Correct. Exception number three, repeating a congregational prayer. If someone enters the masjid already having prayed the Jews salah, and there is a congregational prayer at that time in the masjid, one should join the congregation and repeat this farb, even if it's at a prohibited time. This is drawn from the following hadith. Yazid ibn al-Aswad said, I was present with the Prophet at, the, at his pilgrimage and prayed the morning prayer along with him in the mosque of Al-Khayf. You've obviously found the hadith somewhere. When he finished his prayer and turned away, there were two men at the back of the people who had not prayed along with him. He said, bring them to me. And they were brought trembling with fear. And he asked what had prevented them from praying along with him. And they replied, Messenger of Allah, we had already prayed in our lodging. He said, don't do so. When you pray in your lodging and then come to a mosque where there is a congregation, you must pray along with them. And it will be a supererogatory prayer for you. Though the Prophet does not admonish the two Sahaba for praying in their homes, this is not proof that people can miss congregational prayers in the masjid. There are hadiths which are far less ambiguous that state the seriousness of missing congregational prayers at the masjid. The class position, it is highly recommended but not obligatory for men to pray in congregation in the masjid. That's excellent. That's excellent. Well done. Okay. I think that she means when one has performed ghusl and it is a prohibited time, once you have finished your ghusl, should you still pray that prayer, even though in a prohibited time? If that's what she means, and the prayer that is due right then is now prohibited, it's got to be prayed now. But not prayers that, if you read her question, Maryam, it doesn't say that. It said missed at the beginning of the period or something. And uh, Muhammad Yahya, I'm with wudu and I desperately want to go to the bathroom. Do I finish my prayer and then go? No, you, you leave the prayer, you go to the bathroom. And then you start the prayer again. That's the sunnah. Wallahu ta'ala a'lam. Thank you very much, everybody. And jazakumullah khair for joining us. My apologies if that ran out over. Well, it looks pretty average to me. But then Mesa is going to say, no, this is not an average that's acceptable. And uh, she is probably um, right, in fairness.
she is probably uh, right. Okay, folks. Barakallahu feekum wa jazakumullah khair. And then until next week, same time, same place. Subhanakallahu wa bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa ant. Wa astaghfirukallahu wa atubu ilayk. Wa salamu alaykum. Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Well done, Neil. I feel like you feel sweet. You feel like you.